Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Mixed martial arts and boxing fans, it's time for Fighter's Fury Inside the Heart of a Champion with your hosts, Brendan Tobin, Seema, and Tommy Guns. It's time for Fighter's Fury on AM790 The Ticket. everybody welcome on in tobin here with you another edition of fighters fury here on 790 the ticket as you are realizing now we are up bright-eyed and bushy-tailed early on a sunday morning 9 a.m that must mean it is football season so we roll back an hour we get to your fight talk a little bit earlier and then we go on about our weekend last night uh it was I, i do thank i do thank golden boy promotions and uh HBO Boxing for considering this show. I this was personal. It was a personal favor to me because we were going to the earlier time this week. Uh, they they rolled back the start, and, and so that's why we got the fight so early. So props to everybody over there. Thank you for coming through on the favor. I appreciate it. Really, really nice of you. In all honesty, though, did Jim Lampley want a cookie? Because that's what it felt like last night. He's just like, uh, you know, he, he kept. First of all, he kept mentioning. The fight back in August, like the fight back in August, the hybrid fight, the, the fight back in August. Just say, just say Floyd Mayweather versus Conor McGregor for Christ's sakes. It happened already. You know, retroactively, they can't go back and not buy the fight. They bought the fight. A lot of people bought that fight. So there's nothing to not mention there. It happened. But he's like, ah, oh, yeah, we, we we did this. Like, well, thank you, Jim. I appreciate. It. I th- I appreciate you guys coming through with that. Uh, you get no reward for that. There's been plenty of HBO fights that have gone on late. Now. Everybody is very, very angry this morning. Boxing is dying, in case you haven't heard. That's the that's that's the word on the street after, you know, another major fight. If you guys didn't know, again, yet again, boxing, like the walking dead, is dying and walking towards us yet again because of last night's decision. Everybody up in arms because Triple G, everybody feels Triple G got screwed last night. The judges... Yesterday came through, and one of them just left you wanting to put your head through a wall. Adelaide Bird with a score of 118, 110, 10 rounds to two for Canelo Alvarez. And it left you just with that look that you have on your face when you're like, damn it, judges. Why? Why do you always come out of this thing being the story? Because last night was a great fight. And last night was a very close fight. Don't let anybody go out there and tell you otherwise. It was fantastic action. Those two put on a great show. It was a great performance by both those guys. Thought it lived up to uh, to the hype. Um, maybe not necessarily the blood and guts. Standing toe-to-toe. Um, rock'em, sock'em robots. We got that a little bit later on in the fight when both guys were tiring. Especially, I think, Canelo was tiring. But Canelo was digging down deep. Those guys put on a hell of a show, and it is unfortunate that the story has to be about one dummy judge. These judges don't know what they're doing, all right? We come out of these cards every single weekend, 
and one of them just says something. I'll tell you what, they didn't know what they were doing with the Dan McGregor-Floyd Mayweather fight with, with guys saying that Connor only won one of those rounds. You know, that these judges are, are terrible. You know, J- Jeff Horn, Manny Pacquiao, these judges come out and they, they're screwing stuff up all the time. They're seeing things from different angles. A lot of them are old. You know, you never know what they're going to value. And, yeah, to have yesterday come out and you have a Canelo Alvarez, somebody saying that he won 10 rounds, that's crazy talk. And it does. It makes you feel like it feels like Adelaide Bird has is, is got a big briefcase full of cash under her table and that she was supposed to be there as the Canelo safety net, that this was going to be split no matter what. And quite frankly, it happens with a lot of Canelo fights. You know, there, there's uh, – you don't. Uh, he gets the nod on a lot of uh, questionable decisions at times, and it makes you feel like hey, I don't know what's going on there. I don't know what he's doing. That's that people are overvaluing or, or feeling great, but it doesn't mean the sport's dying. And in fact, I I come out of these things. I always say the same thing when it comes to questionable judging and terrible judging. It gives fans something to complain about. It gives the media something to discuss. And so, therefore, it's going to lead to more discussion, more coverage, and that's only good for boxing. Whether you want to say, you know, this is the reason the sport is quote-unquote dying, even though maybe 2 million people, uh, 2 million purchases, or 1.5 million people purchased this uh, this past car this week, which would lead you to speculate it's not dying. That's, uh, that's a lot of people forking over $80 to watch this thing in high definition. But... It is frustrating. It is frustrating if you are just coming from the fact of those guys put on a hell of a show, those guys put on a great competition, and you want to talk about what one person saw from one spot in an arena. That's frustrating, but more people are going to be talking about the fight now. And, yeah, they'll be the they'll be the lazy heads who just want to say, ah, boxing's corrupt, boxing is... Boxing is this, boxing is, is dirty, this is why I don't watch boxing, even though somehow... None of you are watching boxing, yet after every time there is a controversial decision, I never hear any of you stop bitching about it. So clearly, people are watching boxing, and they are all seemingly in line to complain about boxing and these controversial decisions. But it's dying. I understand. It's, it's, it's completely dead. And it's not to say boxing is not without its problems, and it's not to say they're not lacking some star power. It just doesn't have anything to do with bad judging. That's been going on forever. It's going to go on forever, and it ain't going to stop. And a lot of the times, people being upset with what the judges saw is a driving force of the conversation, and it's going to have more people talking on Monday. Canelo Triple G, I'm telling you this right now. If yesterday, Adelaide Bird comes back, and it's 115-113 for Triple G, or even if it's 115-113 for Canelo. Maybe there'll be some talk if it was a close if she had a close scorecard. Maybe there'll be some talk about this fight. Maybe it'll get a little bit of a blip. But it's not gonna get all the talk that it gets on Monday now because people feel like there was a screw job. People feel like Golden Boy Promotions put this one on the take, that that they had this fall net. So the idea that boxing is dying or the boxing is Come on, man. I mean, how many times we got to do this same song and dance all the time? It, that 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 you you guys keep saying this year after year after year, 
and you're saying that 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 this is the reason the sport is the way it is. No, the way the reason the sport is the way it is, and that fans are upset, is because we get matches like this probably a little bit too late. We get Pacquiao versus Mayweather way too late. That we get that we get some of the best welterweights, young welterweights in the world that are being held up in walls against each other, not fighting each other. We don't get enough of the best fighting the best at the time we want them. We get them after all resources have been used and promoters have held up walls to keep their cash cows protected as long as possible until they finally, when they think the opportunity is right, then pull the quote-unquote dream matchup. That's why you could say the sport is dying or has taken a hit. has nothing to do with the judges. Judges are, I mean, it's as old as time. Judges and their terrible their terrible decisions. Come on, man. All the time we come out of these things, and all the time all we want to do is just talk about how terrible the judging is. If it was, if it was as pure as it was, if it came out of yesterday with Triple G winning a close decision, all right, if the right thing happened, the right thing happened. How many are you talking about it? Now we're going to be talking about this going into a rematch. We're going to be talking. Now these guys have legit he with each other. That's the good thing. If you want to talk about what Adelaide Bird did as a service, we're going to get a rematch. We're going to get it Cinco de Mayo 2018. Write it down. I'm reporting that right now. Brendan Tobin, Fighters Fury, 7 out of the ticket. That's, that, is, that is being that you can put on Twitter. You can put it on the crawl. You can put it on the websites. I'm breaking that news right now. Cinco de Mayo 2018, Triple G, Canelo 2. There it is. We'll have it for you in Las Vegas. So you guys can get ready for that. But I will say this, this gives the rematch heat that this fight didn't have. I felt like it was lacking coming into this week. What was the, you know, guess two good fighters are fighting each other. Yes, we're getting a very, very great matchup. But as far as these two promoting the fight, the week of giving you that last push wasn't done. Wasn't wasn't done to, to a great degree. But let's get into the fight itself. Now, here's how I saw it. And I got a lot of backlash for this on Twitter because a lot of people yesterday thought Triple G won that fight. Triple G clearly won that fight to a lot of people and should have walked away with his hand raised. And fine. I, I, I really, this is the way I always go, out about, uh, go about it with scoring. Scoring is very subjective. A lot of people value different things in scoring. And if you have some, I, I always say, there's usually a two-round margin for error. Usually. When it's a fight like this. So, for example, I came out of yesterday. And I and I, I put it up on social media. My score was 114-114. I had it six apiece. I thought it was a draw. I acknowledged it were very close rounds uh, both ways. So, if you had it 7-5 Triple G... I am completely fine with that. If you had an 8-4 Triple G, I can, all right, all right, I'll, I'll hear your argument. If you had it 7-5 for Canelo, I'll hear your argument. You had an 8-4 for Canelo, that's dicey. But for the most part, a lot of the times, there's about a two-round margin for error with judging. There's going to be some toss-up rounds. For example, if we took yesterday's fight, and we look at the first round. What do you value? Do you value that Canelo um, hit the 
I guess, more impressive shots of the, of the round? Or do you value that Triple G was pushing the pace and was using his jab? Kind of a feel-out round. What do you value? Now, all the judges valued Canelo having the bigger shots. That's what I value. A lot of the times when I when I when I score fights, that's what I always. What was the impact shots? What did I come away with in that round? Really, really remembering who who really had the the wow moments, the stop moments of that round. And for me, it was Canelo. But if you are somebody who says, "Nah, I pushed the pace, pushed him backwards," um, you know, used his jab, really dictated the pace of the round. You give him fine, fine. But realize because I saw this a lot. I saw a lot of people say they they had they had Triple G. Win it at least by two rounds. Realize what you're saying there is you're swinging at just one round. You think it's a win by two rounds, but really what you're doing there is you're just doing simple mathematics. If you say that he won seven rounds, that means Canelo could only win five rounds. It's a really, really short swing there. It's not as it's not as vast as you think it is. So getting the score you want can come all out to a feel-out round. Now for this standpoint, and the reason I had it so close, a lot of people were giving Canelo crap for going backwards, and 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 and, and Triple G pushing the pace of that fight. But my argument for Triple G not being as ahead as people are trying to make it out that he was, you know, when when this fight really turned was round four. And it started to go into the direction of Canelo looked like he was toast. And that was one of the things that I worried about coming into this fight. We didn't really get to preview this thing uh, on Fighters Fury last week. We were blown out by the hurricane. But going into this fight, one of the things that was a changing factor and that you had to wonder about Canelo was he was going to come in a lot bigger. And not only did he come in a lot bigger, he came in with a lot of muscle, which was going to be a question of well how is that body going to hold up as this fight goes on because those first three rounds Canelo was coming in he was coming in hot he was he was he was hitting Triple G with some big stuff and and and, and looked like he had Gennady Golovkin very very flustered but dealing with that new body dealing with that new muscle it looked like it started to become a challenge for him about round four and that's also when Gennady was starting to get very comfortable. He was pushing him back more. He was starting to unload more, but not quite like you thought he would. There was still some, there was still something Canelo was doing to Triple G. He did enough with the shots that he landed. Where Triple G was not going hog wild, where we've seen him in other fights go against guys, guys who have been bigger than Canelo, go in there and really let loose. One of the weird things about this is the difference in body attack. If you want to talk about who was going to win the body the body attack in this fight, you would have thought that Triple G was probably going to dominate that, and that wasn't the case. You know, it was almost like that that bag of tricks was left for Gennady in this fight. And I really think that if he would have gone there more, this this might have been a fight where he was able to finish Canelo because it was pretty clear that Canelo was wearing down. There was a fatigue factor. He, his output wasn't great. If he had an output, it was about for a minute up until we got into that that last third of the fight again. But that middle realm of the fight, you're talking rounds four through eight, there was a real output, a real output decline for Canelo. And 
it didn't feel like Triple G took full advantage of it. He was winning the fights. He was he was winning the rounds, excuse me. He was uh he was he was he was putting it on Canelo, but I didn't think quite like he could. I still did I don't think we saw Triple G completely pull the trigger like he could have and really, really put it on Canelo Alvarez. And I do think that ultimately ended up costing him uh the fight. I I think he got a little bit too comfortable into where he was. That once we got to that back third of the fight, maybe he thought it was in the bag. Maybe he thought he was winning real easy. He became very, very comfortable with his jab. And the jab is really what skewed the numbers so much in his favor. I mean, he he outlanded him 108 to 55 as far as jabs were yesterday. So when you look at the final numbers of 218 to 169 in favor of Triple G, it's all jab. And yeah. Triple G's got a good jab, but it's not his most fearsome weapon. It's not, it's not his, it's not his his death blow. It's not, it's not what gets guys out. It's what set, sets guys up. And it felt like there was a lot of setting trip uh Canelo Alvarez. It was a lot of him setting up Canelo Alvarez, but there wasn't there wasn't him looking to really get him out of there. And what do you give that credit to? Do you give that to are, are you supposed to just say, well. That's just him being comfortable with what he's doing with his jab. Or do you say the counter shots that Canelo was hitting him with were bothering him and he wasn't comfortable unloading like that. So you can't go in there. If you, if you see triple G fight the way that he fought a way that he doesn't usually fight uh, a, a, a way where he, he is, a, he is, he is a hard man that he goes in there. He has an opponent backed up like that. And he goes, he goes for kill shot. He goes to put them away. Yet, with Canelo Alvarez, whose counterpunching was fantastic yesterday and was 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 hitting Gennady very, very hard on the head. And even if you want to say, yeah, Triple G was walking through it. Well, he wasn't walking through it enough to, to just put it all out on the line, to risk getting put on the canvas. He was He was fighting very, very calculated, more calculated than we've seen. And so... Those are the things when you come out of this fight and you say, well, Triple G clearly won that fight. Triple G Triple G got hosed. You could also look at that and say Triple G had a lost opportunity there. He had a, he had a gassed opponent um, who was who's at a weight class that he's never been to. He's he's basically he's a he's a he's a, a super welterweight in there fighting at middleweight and didn't put him away. And so I think that Gennetti, when he goes back to look at this fight, he's going to see a lot of lost opportunity on him. But if you had him winning, that's fine. I'm not. I'm not sitting here to say you're crazy or you're wrong. You're probably right. You know, I, I come out of these things sometimes. I came out of the Andre Ward, Sergey Kovalev first fight, and I had Kovalev. Uh, I had uh, Andre Ward beating Kovalev, and I, this never happens by the score the judges actually had. Um. And I thought that that Kovalev looked at that and he, and he left some things on the table and that and that and that Andre Ward was able to to muster up the late rally. But if you had Sergey Kovalev winning that fight, hey, you're in the majority there. Maybe you're probably you're probably right there. But when those things happen, a lot of the times the guy you probably thought won easy, they left the door open. And that and that's where that's where we uh we come to with Gennady Golovkin. He left the door open last night. He left the door open and he let he let Canelo come in for a late rally and 
whether you thought it was seven five or whether you thought it was six six, he could have put he he could have put a a real real stamp on that and his career and that fight, and he let that opportunity slip by. We'll be back after this. It's Fighters Fury on AM seven ninety The Ticket. All right, welcome back. Fighters Fury rolls on here on your Sunday morning. Back early, nine a.m. start time. You got the Aquan Orange pregame show coming up after us today. We'll get you ready for Dolphins and Chargers. They're in Los Angeles now, so you have that to look forward to. The boys will get you ready. So we had a uh, we had ourselves a great a great showing yesterday. And if you don't, if you want to be upset about the the decision and what went down yesterday in Las Vegas, Canelo Alvarez and Triple G fighting to a split draw, Adelaide Bird with a yeah. 118-110 scorecard, which is uh, awful. But it did bring us this. Teddy Atlas, Stephen A. Smith, part deux. And it was great. The fact of the matter is with this judge, you eliminate this person. You make sure Judge Bird is not around. Again. She will be working again. I make you a bet. I love you. I make you a bet. Okay. We should be. We should forget about the robbery because it was a good fight. What if it wasn't a good no, fight? No, you don't it forget about it. We, no, you don't uh, forget about it. That's what happens. No, you don't forget about it. That's what happens. That's what happens. Let me ask you a question. We start Let me ask you a question. No, 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 no. Let me ask you a question. Behavior. I want to go to history. I want to go to history. I want to go to history. When you saw Melchior, hold on, hold on. The is what I'm talking about. That's the history. Who loves any administrator? Who loves any administrator? No other sport does this happen on a regular. Who loves administrators? What other sport does this happen to on a regular basis? None. What other sport do you see people saying we love the administrators? What's wrong with you, Teddy? I mean, even in the NFL, everybody decries Roger Goodell. Nobody loves administrators. Don't twist around because you're a college graduate and you're trying to twist it around and be real quick on your words. Stop that crap. Stop it. Stop it. God, they're amazing. Better watch your ass, Max Kellerman. Teddy Atlas is going for that first take seat. I mean, if I, if, I don't care what they're arguing. If they're arguing Cowboys football or whatever the hell it is that you guys are talking about on first take. Those two got some chemistry. Now, after the last two two big pay-per-views, Teddy Atlas and Stephen A. Smith, the last time they were arguing about burgers and short-order cooks and filet mignon or something. But that was wonderful. Um... But hey, man, Teddy Atlas has been on this for a while, and he's actually been on it for a while. One of the good things is that because ESPN is now doing some uh, some work with Top Rank, and shout out to Top Rank. I don't do this often to Bob Aaron, but shout out to getting uh, Guillermo Rigondeau against uh, Vasily Lomachenko done for December. Props to you guys for that. That is that is a fight I'm looking forward to. Um, but one of the things that has been cool with having so much boxing now on ESPN is we're getting Teddy Atlas, and Teddy Atlas now has been. Uh, He's been beside himself because we had the Jeff Horn, uh, we had the Jeff Horn Manny Pacquiao blunder, which was terrible, um, where he was getting onto this corruption thing. But he's like, "What else am I going to do?" You know, Teddy Atlas has been on this thing for a while. What am I? Where else do I go? What, he's he's a boxing head. He's a boxing he's a boxing lifer. So he's going to be on this pedestal of corruption uh, for a while. Um, and you know, hey, listen, I understand people being upset. Like I have a texter writing in six, seven, nine, seven, four on the Coral Springs automobile text line. Uh, and he says, quote, uh, he says, uh, that is why this reinforced why I don't pay for boxing matches anymore. The sport is fixed. They don't have to promote that fight anymore. We all know it was going to a rematch. 
and we knew that they are intentionally ripping people off. How do you think that makes people feel? Um, and my argument would be, I don't know how it makes people feel. I guess if you feel ripped off, that stinks. Um, especially if you're a big Triple G fan. I can understand why you come away from last night feeling like you got hosed. But for me, I paid my $80 yesterday. And I'm not particularly a, a, a huge fan of either guy. I really enjoy watching the fight, but I'm not. Neither one of those guys are like my guys, like Canelo or Triple G. I take him or leave him, whatever. Um, you know, I, I love watching those guys fight. They're entertaining, but I'm not. I'm not in the bag for either one of those guys. And so, yeah, come away with last night. I was entertained. I thought those guys put on a great show. And and that's the thing that sucks is because Adelaide Bird's card was so bad because it was so lopsided that becomes the focus rather than man Gennady Golovkin and Canelo Alvarez just put on a hell of a show they really did and here's another thing that I think is really weird is you know Canelo Alvarez is getting a lot of crap for fighting backwards you know everybody's like, oh, he's fighting backwards he's he's uh he he kept he kept i guess what the word was was running he didn't run he did fight backwards but that's how he fights you know i i don't i don't really i don't understand why a guy gets you know i i kept getting texted well this is boxing this isn't street fighting well if it's boxing then you're allowed to fight backwards and that's how canelo alvarez fights he's he's a counter puncher who will let guys come to him and get suckered in set people up that's how he wins fights and so is a guy not supposed to be who he is? Gennady Golovkin. He's the naturally bigger guy. He's the more intimidating puncher. He's the natural middleweight. He goes forward. That's how he fights. You know, like, nobody gave Juan Manuel Marquez crap for the way he fought uh, Manny Pacquiao. Nobody says that he was uh, a soft Mexican fighter for the way he fought Manny Pacquiao for all those bouts. He had a lot of success with it. Those guys, and it made for great fights because their styles were so clashing. They were, they, you know, Manny was go forward. He was all action. But Juan Manuel Marquez, master for counterpuncher, and both of them had very close matchups. A lot of the times, it met with controversial decisions because it's what you value as a viewer of the sport. But it doesn't mean that Juan Manuel Marquez's style didn't have great success. It did. It, he probably touched up Manny Pacquiao more than anybody had in, in Pacquiao's career. And fighting backwards, then eventually flatlined Manny Pacquiao in the last time they met up. Fighting backwards and counterpunching. Manny Pacquiao ran right into a juiced up right hand and ended up face planted on the canvas. So if you're Canelo Alvarez and all of a sudden you have a new hulked up body that you're carrying around for 12 rounds for the first time if you think that guy's gonna go forward for the entire fight you're crazy that's not that's not how he fights that's not how he has success and he's not gonna change who he is all of a sudden he's gonna try and goad triple g into coming into there coming to him and he's gonna try and take advantage of those mistakes and he had good success with that too power punches 114 110 canelo he was having success with that. Jab, Triple G was dominating from that point. He was also really controlling the pace of the fight. <clears throat> he was controlling the distance of that fight. But it wasn't like when he got him into the corner, 
it was doomsday for Canelo. And that's where I thought he let him off the hook. And that's why I come out of this thing sounding like I'm criticizing Triple G. Um, even though if you had him winning the fight, I'm fine with that. But he had the naturally smaller guy gassed in front of him. And did he really, really let go as much as he could have in that fight? I I, I don't think so. I think he really let opportunities slip by his slip by. And here's another thing. If you are Gennady Golovkin, a guy who up until the Danny Jacobs fight was knocking out literally everybody put in front of him. An unbelievable knockout streak. All he did was put people out. The idea that he's going to go there and he's going to expect to get a nod from the judges is surprising. Now, it would be nice if guys could go to the judges and you'd feel comfortable like they're all competent and they're all going to come back with scores that are relatively close. 7-5, maybe 8-4. And so when you do have a judge come back and you say it's 10-2, yeah, Triple G has all the reason in the world to be upset by that. There's no excuse for it. And Adelaide Bird, maybe she'll be taken off a few cards, but eventually she'll be put back on into a big fight eventually. And that's what sucks. Nevada State Athletic Commission, they make a lot of mistakes. They don't know what the hell they're doing a lot of the times. And they're in the ba- and, and and you can't say that they're not in the bag at some point because with the Mayweather-McGregor fight, much as I loved it, and, and as entertaining as it was, I mean, those guys were able to bully the Nevada State Athletic Commission first into making the fight, a guy with 49 professional boxing matches against a guy who had none, and second of all, into changing glove size, just because they want to. And they're just like, eh, yeah, sure, whatever you guys say. I mean, we just want the fight here. I mean, we want the, we want the cash, because we need to keep getting those salaries. So, Triple G has a legitimate gripe, because... One of the people whose decisions it was to pick the winner of that fight last night had no idea what they were watching. And that's the truth. Adelaide Bird has no idea what she was watching. And from that standpoint, boxing fans can be upset. Gennady Golovkin can be upset. But there are still a lot of things to be entertained with last night. There were still a lot of great things happening inside the ring that can't be ruined by those judges. And if you were a paying customer of yesterday's fight, and you're not necessarily, again, a, a, a Golovkin fan, it was a highly entertaining bout. And I can't wait to see it again. And so I, I can't come out of this night being too angry. We'll be back after this. It's Fighter's Fury on AM790, The Ticket. All right, welcome back. Fighter's Fury here on 790, The Ticket. Tobin here with you. As we react to Triple G, Canelo Alvarez. Those two put on a great show yesterday, man. I know it ended in controversy. A lot of people upset about it. Adelaide Bird, awful. Um, you know, some of the scorecards that came out yesterday. Kevin Ioli, Yahoo Sports. He had a 115-113 Triple G. Chris Mannix from Yahoo Sports had 114-114. Dan Raphael, who's a hack, he had 116-112 for Triple G. Harold Letterman, who I also don't think is as good as he used to be. i got to be honest with you. Um, I think Harold Letterman, I think Harold Letterman uh, maybe, may have seen better days uh, as far as a judge is concerned. One, um, not to say, listen, 116-112 for, for Triple G, fine. Um, but I, I just don't think he's as good as he used to be. Like Steve Farhood, who does uh, Showtime scoring, I think does a much better job than Harold. And Harold used to be... 
you know, Her- Harold's one of the one of the greats, and and he's a he's a Hall of Famer and a legend and all that. And I enjoy having him on the broadcast, but I do think that he's lost his touch a bit uh, as far as judging's concerned. Uh, his daughter's one of the best judges going right now, Julie Letterman. She's good, um, but I, I just don't, I don't know. Like going to Harold Letterman sometimes, I think he's almost become a caricature of himself, and that's saying something considering who Harold Letterman is. Um, but I don't know. I'll tell you one thing that sucked yesterday. Uh, and it was, I was, I was thankful that UFC had fights on cause I had it on my, uh, I had it on my, my tablet, um, as the fights were going on or I had it on my laptop as the fights were going on was there was UFC last night. Cause I, that undercard was atrocious put on by golden boy. It was so bad. And man, I mean, you put on, I, I think from Harold's scorecards, like from the second round on from the first undercard, every single round was a shutout. Like the the winner of the fight didn't give up a round. They were so lopsided, you know, all guys super small, fights dragging on, terrible undercard, just nothing memorable. I know one of them was on super short notice. It was like on four days notice they found a replacement opponent. So I guess you give that a pass. And usually the uh and usually the the you know the the co-main is a big fluffer because they just want to get to the time but it just felt like all those things were just there meant for time to just crawl by it was so bad um that's one thing you cannot put on uh the the mayweather mcgregor card if you want to do card versus card their undercard was way better way better and that was with their feature guy you know coming in looking like a teletubby and not even fighting that impressively in Javante Davis. But the Badu Jack, Nathan Cleverly fight was fantastic. All I'm asking for sometimes when we have these fights, can we put on like one heavyweight, one light heavyweight matchup? Just one with the big boys? Just one. Just just spruce it up a little. Like they don't all have to be flyweight, bantamweight, junior welterweights, like with no shot of a guy getting knocked down or a fight stopped. Just just a little bit of a taste. But thankfully, UFC was on last night. Luke Rockhold made his return against David Branch. He ends up winning second round via submission strikes. He got on David Branch, started wailing on him, got his back, and uh, eventually David Branch asked for the fight to be stopped, which it was. It was Luke Rockhold's first fight since losing to Michael Bisbing. We haven't seen Luke Rockhold in a while. And thank, good for him, actually, that this fight actually went on after the fight was over. So if you were into both fights, you got to see this one uninterrupted with uh, with no issues. And in the first round, got into a little bit of trouble. You know, took about a six-punch combination right off his right off his dome. And so you you probably, you know, you always have that worry when somebody gets knocked out like they did in their last fight. When they go back in there for the next time, how are they going to take it? And yeah, when that happened, I, I was seriously worried about Luke Rockhold and 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 if he was going to get uh able to recover from that. He was. Uh, ended up taking down David Branch in the second round, took his back, and it was just a matter of time from there. His call-out was weird, though, man. I'll tell you that. That was that was a strange thing by Luke Rockhold. You know, we've had this long absence of Luke. I don't know if yesterday has anybody clamoring for him to fight Michael Bisping for the title. Um, But his strategy was weird yesterday. You know, he comes out, and, and we got the sound of this. And his attack is kind of at GSP, but is that GSP to not show up for the fight? It's just weird. Here, listen to this. Any satisfaction in what you're able to accomplish here tonight? I'm happy. We got the win. I wanted to take my time and be patient. He rushed the fight. 
Good for him, he brought it. He did what he had to do. And I did what I had to do. Now, I'm coming for that belt. GSP, I don't know what I need to do. You want me to beat some sense into you? You don't belong here. You're gonna get crushed. Better back out. Get out of this thing while you still can. This is my fight. This is my fight. And I'll be there soon as, sooner than you mother Let's go. So the waters are muddy right now at 185 pounds. You got Michael Bisping, George St. Pierre, November 4th. Robert Whitaker, the interim champ, is lurking. Uh, what is your timeline and when will you be back in here? I don't know. I'm, I'm ready to go. I got no injuries. I'll be ready for November. Don't embarrass yourself, GSP. Just back out. Let me take this thing. It's my fight. All right, there he is, your main event winner tonight. All right, so there's Luke Rockhold, who, uh, shout out, adopted, uh, adopted son of South Florida. He was uh, training at Henry Hoof's gym the entire time. Um, but I don't know. It's just a weird strategy. You're like, you're, you're convincing GSP to back out of a fight. Like, are you going to fight GSP? Or are you, you saying, hey, just don't show up? I don't, I don't get it. And good for Luke Rockle to have some kind of a message on the mic because that's definitely, I think, where he's um, he's probably a miss of not taking that next level as a star because dude uh, looks incredible. He is a phenomenal fighter. He's very well-rounded. You know, but there's that one miss of why he's not a superstar. And so I guess good for him not going different. Like, I, are you going to call out Michael Bisping, a guy who knocked you out in the first round? I don't know. Like, I, it's just it's a strange strategy. You're kind of telling the guy not to show up. I, I get. I think what the move should really be here. I don't know how healthy Robert Whitaker is. Do you put like Do you put Robert Whitaker and Luke Rockhold on that card? I think the strategy is you got to put Luke Rockhold on the MSG card if he is really healthy and he does want a quick turnaround. Um, I will say this. Look, this has been the cursed year of UFC. There's been a lot of. Main event screwed up. Uh, Demetrius jo Demetrius Johnson, uh, Amanda Nunes, Shevchenko got pushed back a few months. Uh, Tony Ferguson versus Khabib Namagamadoff. This is a cursed year. So if you are Luke Rockhold um, and you want to put yourself in as a stand-in, I guess, uh, or have a stand-in match maybe against, I don't know, maybe set it up where it's, it's him versus Yoel and – you know, that guy's the number one contender waiting for the winner. See, the, the thing that's messed up is you have an interim champion. So I don't really know what the UFC does. Like, if you are, even if you are Luke Rockhold, whoever comes out of this fight between GSP and Michael Bisping, if Bisping wins, he may retire. If GSP wins, he may just drop the belt and go and fight Tyron Woodley. Or may go and try and go uh, in Conor McGregor into a fight. So I don't really know what I don't really know where Luke Rockhold goes from here. Um, but I would say that if he does want the opportunity, what they should do is maybe have a backup match, like have Luke versus Yoel set up or Luke versus Weidman set up for MSG, and then in case in case one of those guys does drop out. You either fight GSP or you fight Michael Bisbing, and it'd be Luke Rockhold because then you got the heat. He did talk out. He did call out GSP there. And from the Bisbing standpoint, they obviously have heat, and then you could do that fight. But uh, I don't think it's I don't think it's the stupidest idea in the world to just have Luke Rockhold ready to go 
for that week. Just say, all right, be ready for that week. I don't know what the, the pay situation is there, but just say, yeah, be ready for November. Make it happen. I don't think GSP is backing out of that fight. I mean, Christ, I hope he doesn't. I, I don't even think people – I don't even think many people want that fight. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to it, but I don't. it, it doesn't have the – Super buzz that I think they were expecting it would be. I'm more I'm more stoked for Cody versus TJ on that card, quite frankly. Uh, one texture did write in. What do you think of Hector Lombard's performance yesterday? Uh, do you think he's done? And Hector yesterday, he fell to Anthony Smith. He lost by third round TKO. And I thought Hector looked really good. I thought I thought he looked really good, especially looked good in the first round. Usually Hector does look really good in the first round. Uh, I thought he hurt Anthony Smith at one point. Second round, still thought he was winning the fight. You did see at the end uh, that he took one shot. It, it really piqued Anthony Smith's confidence. He started yelling at Hector, you know my name, Hector, you know my name. Um, and then in the third round, yeah, Hector took a big right hand, and and um, he was kind of done from there. Really tough matchup for Hector. You know, Anthony Smith's a really big dude. He was even talking that he's going to probably move up to light heavyweight afterwards. Um, so it, it was it was tough measurables for Hector to get by. I will say this, you know, I never know what to say with guys in their careers because it is their careers. They're the ones making all the sacrifices. You know, this, uh, this is a, this, uh, a really, really talented fighter, uh, a monster when he was in Bellator. I probably doesn't think probably didn't have the UFC run. Everybody was expecting and, and anybody wanted, but you know, Hector's a great dude. Uh, and, and shout out to him and Daya, uh, Daya Davis. Daya was there, you know, in his corner from ATT. Um, but, yeah, Hector's 39, and three out of his last four, he's been stopped. And prior to getting stopped by Neil Magny, he'd never been stopped. And, you know, when you're when you're hitting that kind of magic number of 40 and the chin's not quite what it used to be, and, and, and Hector's always had some issues of wearing down as fights go on, yeah, you do start worrying that maybe, maybe he shouldn't be in that pool of the UFC. Does that mean he completely retires? Does that mean maybe he goes to Bellator and starts doing some big fights there? Um, I could definitely see that, and I think that'd be kind of cool. You know, he's he's a huge name with that promotion. It'd be bringing back uh, one of their kind of old legends to go up against kind of all the UFC legends that are there. So I think that'd be maybe a, a cool career move. Does he get cut? It's kind of hard to get cut by the UFC these days. I mean, they have a lot of cards to put on. Um so that's up to Hector. I don't. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if he's done, but that's that. It is certainly worrisome that you know three out of four he's been stopped, but also in a lot of these fights he's had good moments. You know Hector, the Neil Magny fight had Neil Magny in a lot of trouble. The Dan Henderson fight he had Dan Henderson in a lot of trouble. Um, Johnny Hendricks fight probably the most um, probably the most lopsided. Uh, you know Hector wasn't quite in there, but Johnny fought a very safe fight that fight. Very desperate fight for Johnny Hendricks. Um, and then this fight, you know, had his moments against Anthony Smith. I don't know if it was fatigue. I don't know if Anthony Smith just takes a long time uh, to get going. You know, Anthony was talking about that after the fight, that it always takes him a little bit to get going. But, you know, it, it's hard to say that Hector hasn't had windows in all these fights where you could say he 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 could come out victorious. So, I don't know. But, uh, you know, you never want to see guys that you, you care about um, being put on the canvas like that. So hopefully he's not too hurt in that he has a very, very healthy camp uh, or that is a very, very healthy recovery, and, and we'll see what happens, man. But I wouldn't wouldn't rule out either. I wouldn't rule out that he's 
going to be done with the UFC and that maybe he goes, I don't think he's probably done fighting, but I wouldn't be surprised if maybe his UFC days are done, but, but there's a lot of great, great fights that could be happening in the, in Bellator. I think bringing him back to Bellator would be great. I think the age range is a little bit more in his wheelhouse and there's a lot of fun matchups there for him as well. So we'll, uh, we'll see, man. But, uh, but just for, from our standpoint, our uh, Hector's our boy. So we just want him to be healthy. That's all. That's all we're, we're hoping for. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's the big news out of this week, man. That was a fun fight last night. Stinks that it got ruined by a lopsided, uh, judge's scorecard. However, I am looking forward to the rematch. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not above saying that I can't wait to see those boys do it again. It'll be fantastic. DJ Williams is walking into the building. He's ready to roll as he's got the Aqua Orange pregame show hosted Let's by Greg Likens. Let's go, champ. What's going on, man? Let's go, Jake. Oh, Jake? Jake? Oh, Jay Cutler. Jay. You uh, you worried about your boy today? You think he's going to do good? He's going to ball out? Cutler jersey. All right. <laughs> All right, man. Well, we'll uh, we'll let you guys get to your football talk. Fighters Fury will be back 9 a.m. Same time, same place next week right here on 790 The Ticket. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.